Alright everybody, what is going on? This is your man L. Jamal coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place we can say what you want as long as you got the facts. We have made it to the weekend. I got some news to go over for you guys. Not a whole lot to go over, but just a couple uh, couple tidbits to go over. For one, earlier in the week we had the Trump impeachment result, of course. Uh, in a in a i guess a hung jury well a jury of you know mostly republican peers of course trump was found not guilty on both counts uh it would be uh abuse of power that was the first article of impeachment also article two the obstruction of congress uh both of those uh, they needed a well democrats needed a 67 uh guilty guilty 67 guilty votes in order uh to convict donald trump they only got 48 uh however there were only 52 and 53 not guilty votes respectively so the vote was very close but again this is not you know we've already talked about this i've stated this multiple times this is not really something we should have been surprised about because again the republicans control the majority in the Senate, uh, just as just as easy as it was for them to kind of get this whole thing going, because the first because at first you, this has to go through Congress or the House of Representatives, and the Democrats control the House of Representatives, so it was easy to push that through the House of Representatives because again they have the majority there. They don't have the majority in the Senate, so it was gonna. I mean, I don't. I mean, again, you ha- you would have to know that before going, you know, going through this route. I don't know why they push this line so hard. Um, there was going to be no way they were going to get 67 uh, guilty votes when they are not the majority. It just wasn't going to happen. Uh, so uh, that was crazy for them to kind of think about uh, doing um, on both counts. Because, again, um, you know, again, the Republican Obvious, the Republicans obviously stood behind Trump with the exception of Mitt Romney. We'll talk about what happened with him in just a second. But, um, you know, that's how we thought it was going to go. And with the Republicans being the majority, they're going to, of course, stick up with their with their guy. And that is Trump at the moment. So nothing that we did not already know, nothing that I have not already been saying. I've been I mean, I, I get it. I get I guess i understand why the democrats would do it they want to bring the stuff to the forefront maybe they feel like they would have a chance but again you do not have the majority in the con in, in the senate and that's where it would have to go like it, it, of course you know everybody got excited when they left this when they left the house and I was like, oh my god he's gonna get impeached he's gonna get impeached but again there's two levels to this and you have to go past the senate there was no way this was gonna go past the senate so it's like why bother i i, I to this point to this day like i'm really more so like why even bother um, the biggest surprise to me was, I believe it was Senator Manchin. I believe his last name is from uh, West Virginia. He's a Democrat, but of course, he's from a, a red state that's pretty much pro-Trump. So I was surprised uh, he was able to just take a stand and say, well, OK, I'll go against my state and the county that I'm in and all that and uh, vote for him guilty. But outside of that, we already knew about Mitt Romney. He's already uh, talked about how he's been against Trump and he's, you know, thinks Trump is corrupt. So that is not even necessarily surprising rising to me uh, i already knew that mitt romney wasn't a fan so uh i guess good look on mitt romney you know 
for what it's worth, but he's he's flip flopped too, uh, in a lot of other situations. That's not uh, you know referring to Trump. So uh, you know you could take that how you will. But Trump is a Teflon Don. He uh, in this moment he gets past this one, and of course he riles up his base, which is what the whole point was on Republican end. Oh, okay, you want to go that route? Uh, we'll just fire up our base because we obviously know we have the numbers here. You can't beat us. That. Uh, I mean, the best thing the Democrats did by, you know, at least, you know, getting this trial together and, and try to at least try to, you know, try to, uh, you know, get him impeached. At least they exposed some of the things that he did, uh, because, again, uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Um, but in some of the aftermath, of course, yesterday, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vidman, the top Ukraine expert and the uh, and a member of the National Security Council, we already know about him testifying last year in front of the the Senate of well, front of Congress. He was let go yesterday because, of course of his testimony uh and also the european union ambassador Gordon simlin they were both fired yesterday uh vindman had originally been uh set to set to be released back into back into the pentagon in july so usually after a certain amount of time uh these guys they switch up titles and they move into different branches of the government or the military so again he it wasn't supposed to be a forever type of deal but of course he was supposed to at least be there until july uh but Part of what pushed him out, well, definitely we know what pushed him out of here, out of there was his uh, testimony. Uh, I believe it was December, um, November, around that time of the year. Uh, now, his brother, Lieutenant Kerman Yavengi Vidman, uh, a NSC attorney, a National Security Council attorney, was also fired as well. So Trump got really personal. He said, we'll kick out you and your brother. Uh, as for Sondland, he had been out of communication with Trump uh, and the White House pretty much since his um, since his actual you know testimony. So they pretty much cut him off immediately. So this was not uh, a, this was, you know, pretty much a, a foregone conclusion. Uh, same thing with Vidman. However, Vidman was not even known about this until Thursday so again they kind of kept him out of the dark but you know again Trump is mad he wants some sort of uh you know revenge uh he goes on to speak about that as well he's, and then in this quote here he's speaking about the Democrats and he believes that they should be held accountable well well you'll see this is a quote here they should be held accountable well you'll see I mean We'll see what happens. So he's definitely petty right now. Um, ain't no telling what could happen. And they got the numbers in the Senate. So it's a difficult situation. But again, even if, you know, he decides to go there, he would have to go through the House or maybe or something like that. So it's not as easy as he thinks it might be either. Um, if he would have had control of the Senate and the House, then maybe he might be able to do a couple things, really get after some people. But we'll have to we'll have to see uh, what happens, really see what happens. He's kind of right about that. But I would not buy the white ring narrative. Uh, all accusations on Trump are being based on the summertime phone call between uh, him and Vladimir Zelensky, in which there is a transcript for it. In those transcripts, he directly asked for a favor. And that favor and that favor is referring to an illegal investigation uh, to be conducted. Well, that was to be conducted on Joe Biden. Yes, did that investigation have something to do with them getting some type of uh, uh, some military aid? Yes. Did they get it anyways? Yes. However, it was because the, the plot of the extortion was revealed that's the only reason why ukraine was able to get it that quickly there was there was a plan in place in order to uh you know 
conduct this investigation. So do not believe the right wing propaganda. I know they're going to try to tell you, well, nothing completely happened, but the, the transcripts in which they even released, which are available online, if you ever want to take a chance to look at them, look at the transcripts. The transcripts will tell you straight up to your face. He says it in bold words. Can you do me a favor? So on and so forth. So again, there was definitely some interference with a foreign government. Uh, at least there was an attempt to get a foreign government involved. Uh, there was an attempt to uh, make an investigation into Joe Biden. Also, the company Burisma, which does not come up by name, but the company CrowdStrike, which has something to do with the investigation of Trump's uh, Trump's uh, Trump's election win in 2016. They investigated that. So there was that mention of that company by name. Again, you, uh, they also mentioned Joe Biden uh by name that's what trump did he also mentioned uh he also brought up his son in that term his son so again he definitely mentioned joe biden he definitely wanted some type of investigation to be conducted that was all there but again when you're going to a republican senate a republican dominated senate that's not gonna fall through with them they don't necessarily care about that because they feel as though it's politics as usual that's what they're supposed to do. And if you ask them, according to them, the Democrats have, you know, have been doing it. And if that's the case, well, then why is it that the Republicans who are supposed to be about the, the justice and all that, then why did they not expose that? If Obama was doing these things, why not expose it? Why not put him through the same ringers uh, that the Democrats put you through? Why not put him on their impeachment trial? If that's the case, if you're really about, because again, I, I and and maybe and maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's an example of both parties really, you know, screwing the American people over. And, and maybe in some in some, you know, weird, twisted way, there's some kind of in some type of bed with each other. We don't you know, it's really weird uh, because it, it's almost like the Republican uh, come back to every all, especially when you give them the facts and you start giving them this and you talk about those transcripts. Well, they say, well, the Democrats do it all the time, yet. Y'all legislature, uh, whether it means uh, the Congress, whether it be the House of Representatives, which uh, especially during Obama's tenure, especially in that second that second term, was dominated by Republicans. So you mean to tell me you pretty much just sat back and let the Democrats do whatever they want when you control a whole different set, uh, when you guys had control of a whole different branch of the government, um, and now you you want to you want to you, you know act as though uh, the Republicans are witch hunting witch hunting against you. It doesn't make any sense to me. If the if the Democrats were equally doing things that were as bad, then why why were why were they not? Why are they why are there no indictments? Where are the trials? Where are the Democrats that are supposed to be on trial? They committed all these crimes. They were supposed to be locked up, right? Why weren't they ever locked up? Maybe all are doing. Or maybe both the parties are up to no good. Maybe maybe but i just find it i just find it funny that the that the people that are so much about the justice and the revealing of of all these you know well at least when it comes to the democrats saying well at least the democrat well the democrats do it too well i don't get it how come is it when you guys were in power and you guys had control of the senate when obama was was president you, you never mentioned any of these things you didn't want to put them through a a, a a an impeachment how did that how did that work per se he must have been doing all right by you guys then, right? Hmm. Yeah, I definitely think there's some there's some dirty politics on both sides, but uh, I think the I think the Republican Party seems to be seems to be in just as much as denial about it as any as any Democratic as any democratic notion so um both parties hey you can say what you want I, i'm still very very not 
impressed by what I've seen here. I mean, I don't for Trump, is it a real victory? Again, he controlled the majority of the Senate. There, there was no way he, you know, that could have gone the other way. They were going to side with Trump, with the exception of maybe the one, which is Mitt Romney. That's about it. That's about it. And I have some new news for you guys referring, going back to Mitt Romney. Uh, like I said, he was the only Republican to take a side, uh, to take the side with the Democrats. Uh, he is now being censured, censured by the Utah state government, uh, including uh, representative. Well, this is being started out by representative Phil Lyman. Uh, there was a te- uh, there was a tense meeting, excuse me, there was a tense meeting uh, yesterday held between uh, him and also the state senator, uh, the state senate leader, Stuart Adams, and also the House Speaker, Brad Wilson, of course, they are all Republican. Uh, Utah Republicans will soon send a tribute uh, to Trump for his support of the state. And this is all via the Salt Lake City Tribune. So again, the Republicans are mad at uh, Mitt Romney, at least the ones in you know his state. They're going to be giving Trump some money. So there you go. It's money talks, bullshit walks, and um, yeah, Trump. Trump gets away again, but it's, again, is it a victory? It's not a victory when it's a foregone conclusion, in my opinion. Like, you had the majority of the Senate, just like, you know, the Democrats had the majority of the House. I'm not surprised that they were able to to push it to this level, but I'm also not surprised that the the Republicans shot it down. So, is it a victory? Am I surprised? No. Um... It's a it's a victory, and in, in fact, it's a, it is a victory. But you know, it, anybody with a brain could have been able to, to to point this out. So again, it's not as though the Democrats didn't have the right arguments. They didn't have the right evidence. They just don't have the, they didn't have the numbers in the Senate to push it. So, and even when it got through to the Senate, they would Trump would have definitely tried it in the courts where he has another advantage there. So, there you go. All right, y'all, I'm going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking some NFL news. I want to talk about the three uh, black quarterback situation. Of course, we have Patrick Mahomes winning the Super Bowl MVP. We got Lamar Jackson winning the, the league's MVP. And we're going to talk about Kyler Murray winning the rookie of the year and what that means for the black quarterback. And is it is it a great achievement? What does it all mean? We're going to talk a little bit about that. And then we're going to wrap everything up with some more NFL news. Actually, some XFL news. This will be their second season. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that, preview that just a little bit, and what I feel about that. All right, y'all. I will be right back. All right, y'all. I am back. Let's get into the NFL for a little bit. And, uh, this year marks something uh, something of a rare occasion. Actually, I think, believe this is historic. For the first time in NFL history, there's been a black Super Bowl MVP, a black league MVP, and a black rookie of the year. Of course, Kyler Murray uh, was this year's rookie of the year with 3,722 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and an 87.4 uh, passer rating. He had a monster game. One of his best years, one of his best games this year was against Atlanta at home, where he had 340 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and a 128.2 passer rating. Uh, as for Lamar Jackson, we know about his 30-plus uh, touchdown season. Uh, we know about him going to the playoffs, and for Patrick Mahomes, uh, all his numbers are pretty uh, high, pretty much amongst the best, uh, actually topped in the league, if I'm not mistaken, one or two. So, you know, 
I think the question is, is, is this important and why is this relevant? Uh, I, I, you know, of course you have social media, people have taken the social media on both sides. It is both in support and both in like, well, why is this, you know, even important? Well, I think it's important because, well, because of who they are and that, of that being the black quarterback, there is a, uh, has, has always been a, I wouldn't say a misconception, but a perception about them based on what you've seen from them in the past, based on the Michael Vicks of the world, based on the Randall Cunninghams. And that is not even a short change who they were as players because they became phenomenal talents as well. Uh, but there was always a perception that they could not fully uh, maybe lead the team without having, you know, excellent tools around them, uh, particularly wide receivers, maybe a defense or a solid defense or two, and that they weren't necessarily great at at, you know being a pocket passer and again that was the knock on not just you know the the black quarterback but the mobile quarterback as he became more popular in the league even that went for T- Tim Tebow everybody knew coming out of college Tim Tebow couldn't throw very mobile for well for college football so but for the black quarterback specifically, there was so much placed on him. There's been so much, you know, taboo in the league. At one point in time, there weren't black starting linebackers at the middle linebacker spot. That's pretty much the quarterback of the defense. So there was a time in the history where they weren't black, uh, black middle linebackers. Uh, they usually stayed along the defensive end and, and maybe a corner somewhere along those lines. So things have changed throughout the league. And, you know, seeing this is a definitely a reflection of that. So is it important? Yes, because it shows that the league and, you know, this country and well, no, let's just say the league. We're not even going to take it all that far today. The NFL has, uh, you know, expanded. So anybody, you know, the all different types of quarterbacks have found success in this in this league. That's what it's showing you. And the fact that it happens to be the face of three black men and course you know people now out of nowhere this whole term mix wants to be used again and everybody wants to uh put place that on patrick mahomes let him identify himself as who he wants to be uh referred to i believe he well first of all his his name is patrick mahomes so that's the most important thing and he's a quarterback for the kansas city chiefs so let's get that straight right there how he how he identifies himself from there that is him um But with that being said, I just find it funny how that term is now used for him. And now everybody wants to say, especially this is, you know, this is this is all just out of observation. No disrespect needs to be taken. But out of nowhere, these white people want to say, oh, his his mom's white and he's he's this. And look, listen here, listen, his dad's black. So, again, however, he defines himself, however, he feels himself in the mirror. That's that's okay. But what's funny is, I guess he just happens to have the, the perfect light skin look. Because I, if I were to tell you that I'm mixed, you might be like, oh, okay. But I ain't never got no treatment like that. Like, oh, you should. No, no. I guess my nose is a little bit too big and my hair was a little bit too afro-y. I don't have that, all that going on like my home. I don't have all that, uh, those fresh curls. Like, that's a little bit more compact here. So I never got that. Oh my God, you're, you're mixed. You're, you're mixed. Yeah, you're, no, no, that's new. That's something new. I grew, I, I spent time in Oregon. I was treated pretty much like a black person. 
I think I've told you guys this. <laughs> I don't, I, I, again, this is all new to me because I, I was treated as a black person. I mean, I, there was never no, I mean, it was always, yeah, you're a lighter one. That's pretty much what it was. It was an undertone, like you're just a lighter, you know, nigger, you know, and I don't, you know, that word is, you know, hey, triggers most people, but, um, you know, I, that's kind of how it was. So it wasn't necessarily out there in the open, but I was definitely treated differently. So this whole kind of embracing him being mixed and being, having him part of the fold, it's like, wow, okay, that's how we're doing it. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> interesting. I just, I just find it very interesting as for Lamar Jackson. Um, and this, and this is my whole thing about the whole situation too, is like the media is all high on them and all that. And for today, you know, and, and I feel like, you know, even the, the strong conservative, you know, core that is the NFL fan base, they're, they're, they're rocking with these guys today because they're not talking about race. They're not, you know, stepping out of line. They're not acting too cocky. They're not talking a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Lamar Jackson lost, so he was able to get humbled and they feel like they were able empowered to humble him when they wanted to turn on him and talk stuff about him then. So they get, I mean, come on, it's not, it's not perfect and it's not, you know, whatever. So it's like, I take it as a grain of salt when I see that. But for us in our community, I think this is tremendous for us because again, uh, as, as we played that position, we've already been, we've always been touted as the out athlete, the guy that they want to switch to multiple positions or, you know, be a receiver. In the case of Antoine Randall, he was a quarterback, uh, in the universe, at the university of Indiana, where he was drafted from. But when he came into the league, I believe sometime in the late 90s, early 2000s, something like that, uh, he was made to, well, you know, they switched into raw receiver. And it happens uh, to many of them. Uh, I think it was Armonte Edwards. He played uh, quarterback at uh, Appalachian State. Uh, they made him uh, switch to uh, raw receiver. Uh, same thing with Denard Robinson. Uh, he played quarterback coming out of Michigan. And he played quarterback for at least two or three seasons, if I'm not mistaken. He gets to the NFL. Uh, they make him play running back just to, serve, just to have a spot and, and you know, over time again you probably don't remember that name because you know he wasn't able to survive that switch so you know Terrell Pryor same thing so they 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 have no problem with switching us around trying to you know dictate to us what to do that's why I give Lamar Jackson so much credit for fighting for that opportunity to play quarterback and then proving the doubt is wrong of course he needs to get better in the playoffs but again he's this is the second full year and it's full year you know as a starting quarterback there's growing pains in this. So expect for him to go farther uh, than he did the last time, you know, just like he did last year. Last season, uh, he didn't go as far. I think he was eliminated in the first, very first game. He, this time he was able to win a game. So there's improvement. Uh, just like with Patrick Mahomes, his, in his second year, he won uh, the MVP, but lost in the AFC Championship game. He turns around, doesn't win the MVP, but wins the, the uh, Super Bowl and the Super Bowl MVP. So there you go. So. All three of these guys are going to get even better. And so is Deshaun Watson. Let's not forget about him. Uh, you know, so the position itself, at least for black quarterbacks, has been very marginalized. So let's be real here. Let's not act like uh, this is this is a position that they've always accepted us at. And it's somehow just, oh, they've earned it because they're American and they worked hard. And that's what they'll tell you. That's what the conservative fan base will tell you. Oh, well, they're just they're just hardworking guys. And no, 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 no. Black quarterbacks specifically have been disparaged at that at that at that spot. They've been convinced and co uh, cajoled and all type of stuff, and almost bribed into being other positions. 
okay? Let's be real here. Not, and I'm not saying all of them could have made it as a quarterback, none of them all this, that, and the other. But again, that's what they were, that's what they were in training to do as to become a pro. That's what they were pretty much in the amateurs doing. That's what college football is pretty much an amateur type of city. It's, it's an amateur football. So they spent their time as an amateur trying to be a professional at that position. So to, t- to tell them, oh, we'll be a running back now because you can run a little bit. That's kind of disrespectful. Let's be real here. Okay, did they, did they do that to Tim Tebow? Hell no. That That's the difference. That's the difference. They didn't do that to Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow was trash coming out of college. I don't care what anybody says. You can say what you want, and I, that might sound kind of disrespectful, but let's, let's be real here. He was good at college because he was in a certain system, just like any other quarterback would. But we knew he had very poor mechanics. If it wasn't for a blown defensive coverage versus the Steelers, he wouldn't even have a playoff one. Well, let's look at his time in New York. But was he offered to? He was only offered to play fullback after he was a, after he was a failure. Let's be real. Don't don't let's not play games here. Please. Did nobody t- ask Tim Tebow? Oh, can you can you switch to to running back? No. To wide receiver? No. To tight end? No. Did anybody do that? And he did. Could not throw. He could not throw. So why would you? Why would you? Why would you expect? Lamar Jackson too, when he's a better quarterback coming out of college. Forget the national champion. If we're talking about pure passing, if we're talking about passing ability, come on now. Lamar Jackson is way better than him. Michael Vick is better than Tim Tebow if we're talking about as, as a passer. Even as a passer. Come on. He was the least he's the least he was the least capable of all mobile quarterbacks. Think about it. The least, they're the least capable of passing the ball. And we're talking about any any quarterback that can run and scramble. Frank Tarkenton. We're talking uh, Randall Cunningham. Tim Tebow was the very worst of any mobile quarterback. Yet nobody asked him to switch positions. Why? You, you tell me. I would have been, if he was going to be on my team, I would have said, you're going to have to play running back. Now, he would have been a running back for me. It wouldn't be no if, ands, or buts. It's laughable that he was drafted in the position that he was drafted in. But but Bill Polian had the nerve to speak down on Lamar Jackson. I would like to know his comments. Now I could be wrong. I, he could be he could have been just as you know kind of down on Tim Tebow too. I'd have to look that up for myself, and I will just because I'm curious. I'm curious as to what he had to say about Tim Tebow coming out of college. I'm curious as to see as to see what Mike Mayock and all them guys had to say because they had a lot of of some nitpicking to say about Lamar Jackson. Uh, again, they had a little bit of nitpicking on Kyle Murray. I personally. Uh, like the pickup by the by the by the Cardinals at this point. I looked at his numbers; they're pretty solid. He, they just he just needs a team around him, an offensive line, uh, maybe David Johnson to stay healthy. That would help uh, some youth at the wide receiver spot. And that's no disrespect to Larry Fitzgerald. Of course, he's going to probably be the, the top receiver there. But my point is, there's nobody else around him to throw the ball to, and that's kind of sad because. Again, we might witness a, a sophomore slump that, again, the media is going to hop on and say, well, maybe he's not that good. You know how they, I'm telling you, they're going to switch on him. So, you know, it, listen, the media will put you through so many loops and bounds. I don't buy their hype. Take pride in what they did and sit there and say, yes, they did it. They don't, not only did it 
uh, you know, as good players, they worked their asses off. Yes, they did all that. But at the same time, they helped solidify that we can play the position. And yes, black quarterbacks are capable of leading you to a championship. They're capable of uh, being MVP, Super Bowl MVP, Rookie of the Year. They're capable of all that. You can draft them and feel comfortable doing that. Now, again, not every not every mobile quarterback uh, is cut out for that. Like Donar Robinson, maybe it was best for him to play quarterback or something like that but you know you had guys like Terrell Pryor who had decent skills at quarterback that could have been uh, honed in on it's not like they were we're talking about quarterbacks who had you know tons of interceptions coming out of college they actually won uh significant ball games they you know they won conference titles we're talking about guys that you know competed in national championship games they got no real love for what because they moved around a little bit and could throw the ball that's kind of ridiculous that's that's you know it's kind of ridiculous and like i said nobody did that to tim tebow and tim tebow was the worst the worst the worst running quarterback there ever was i'm just i'm just gonna be real here um let's move on uh we're gonna talk a little bit about the xfl after 19 years, your boy Vince McMahon has returned to professional football. On Saturday on ABC, the DC Defenders will play the Seattle Dragons at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This will be their inaugural weekend. There's eight teams. Uh, they're all playing this weekend. The other game on Saturday is going to be at 5 p.m. Of course, East Coast time. We got the LA Wildcats facing off against the Houston Roughnecks. And on Sunday, you get another double. You get the other doubleheader uh, with the Tampa Bay Vipers taking on the New York Guardians and the St. Louis Battlehawks taking on uh, the Dallas Renegades out there in Texas. Uh, A couple things about this league that's going to be different. No real new you know nothing new that's going to be added uh but some rule changes for one uh there's going to be no extra point you get a two point conversion from the five yard line and you get a three point conversion from the 10 yard line so no extra point kicks you gotta go for an extra you gotta earn it pretty much and uh touchdowns could you know potentially lead up to nine points there uh there are four passes there can be two passes on the same play but of course you have to be behind the line of scrimmage and finally no surprise onside kicks I think it's kind of weird. You have to notify the referee. So, again, we have eight teams here. L.A., uh, D.C., New York, of course, the big markets. You got Tampa Bay here. You got a Florida Southern market here. Uh, you also got St. Louis and Dallas. Of course, you need a, a Texas team if we're talking football. Matter of fact, you got two Texas football teams. And, of course, you have the West Coast team there with the C- another West Coast team here with the Seattle Dragons. So, uh, it's, it's definitely uh, experimental. We're gonna see what goes on. It's gonna, like I said, it's 2 p.m. Eastern, which means West Coast time. It might even be on as we speak. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about a three-hour difference. Yeah, it's probably on right now for you guys on the West Coast. If you're interested, uh, check it out. I will be probably, I will definitely be looking at the highlights. I have some other things to do today, so I can't really get into it as as much as I would like to. Um, Yeah, definitely the highlights for me. Uh, But I'm definitely into seeing how it looks, what what the presentation is. I've already seen the jerseys. Uh, They definitely have, they definitely have some nice jerseys. It looks to see, uh, it looks as though they have all the right, uh, 
stadium, you know, requirements and they have some decent facilities and it looks to be a different product than what we saw back in 2000, uh, 2001, I believe it was. So it looks to be a lot more fleshed out. Of course, you had Oliver Luck being involved with that. Uh, that is AKA Andrew Luck's dad. Oliver Luck is also, wasn't exact for the NFL, if I'm not mistaken, but working at least in the upper, upper management levels of the NFL. So he definitely has, has NFL experience. It did them well to get another two years into kind of get the league off the ground instead of just rushing into it again that was one of their biggest mistakes in 2001 so they, they they've uh, definitely um learned from that and as far as who they have in terms of players uh definitely some uh some journeymen from the nfl some guys that were undrafted before uh i Ooh, there's a couple names that I think that were, oh, they were on the tip of my tongue. I don't remember them right now, but definitely some names that you that you've heard of before in the NFL and through the college football ranks. Again, uh, this is, in my opinion, this probably is one of those minor leagues or like a, 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 a arena a league type of deal you know it's right just on the fringes of football but i think it's a little bit more high profile so maybe people can have a easier route back into the pros with this uh you know but it, again i think it's it's good that it got fleshed out it got it's two years in the making so i think it's gonna be a lot better than 2001 so i'm not too sure what we get but i think you know a lot different than uh, what we got 19 years ago so moving on from that uh i just wanted to share some last minute ideas i just thought about a couple things when i was thinking about trump and uh, the republicans and this whole situation with the democrats and i'm actually disappointed in both sides because it's almost like it's almost like it's come to the point at least for me that the realization is oh the republicans know that they did wrong and you know that trump did wrong but they're not going to act on it because, well, the Democrats do wrong too. And so what you have here now is both sides are doing wrong and, and really nobody's really coming to justice. And we keep voting for both of these people, uh, both of these sides. And I, I'm more to the point now where I, I would like to see a, kind of an overhaul in what we have in politics right now. I, the same faces, same old arguments, you know, I, you know. This is ridiculous. And um, what the Democrats did, I guess, I, I, I like it in the fact that it exposed, okay, officially what happened. But, I mean, come on. They had the majority in the Senate. There was no way you're going to get past that. So why distract all of us with that? You should have focused on the election, which is now going to be more hard to win than ever. Because we're the party... I'm not going to say weird because I don't even feel like I'm a part of that. I'm not a part of that. I'm, like I said before, I'm centrist. I'm an independent voter. I'm not, I'm not digging into that party line no more. That's BS. Y'all not even solid. Y'all not even solid on who y'all want to roll with. And the right wing media keeps saying, oh, you keep screwing your candidates over. Da -da 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 -da. Bernie got screwed over in 2016. False narrative. This is what happened in 2016. In the primary, which is what you have to have right before, you know, the official election, we all know this, say what you want, Hillary won that by a handful, by a, a, by a large margin. So the party didn't screw Bernie. The voters just voted for Hillary. There was no screwing there. Why? Well, maybe they're not sold on Bernie. Same thing in Iowa. I don't think they're sold on Bernie like that. I don't think the whole populace is sold on Bernie like that. Even the, the Democratic populace is all sold. I don't think they're sold on anybody. That is the problem. 
they're not even really, you know, fully behind a certain candidate by now. This is not good. That's not good. That is not good. That's a sure sign. And, and this is why. Because you do have a populace of black people that's saying, oh, well, maybe y'all don't really got our back like that. Maybe y'all don't. But with that being said, these conservative black folk will turn around and take the and take the handout from Republicans too. I remember that I came across this article that uh, about 2017 that, that Trump started to federally fund uh, HBCUs which leads to my point really didn't matter if it was Democrat or Republican it seems that a lot of a lot of us really just want to be accepted and just be given the handout from them and want to be included and want to feel like we included but in order to really do that yo you're gonna have to be involved in the actual legislation and actual really the pushing of the laws and all that you don't just get to be the recipient and say, well, y'all need to, y'all need to pass this law for us. Y'all need to do this for us. Well, maybe we're going to have to just be up in there and try to pass the law ourselves. And and instead of just saying, oh, Auntie Maxine, Auntie Maxine, posting all the memes of her and all the little Facebooks that maybe we should be calling her up and saying, I think you need to be doing us getting in Trump ass some more or maybe not even that, not even focusing on Trump, actually focusing on making your community better. And how can we make black people's situation better? Call her up to do that. Call whoever black Democrat or Republican and call them up to tell them to start doing that. I'm just saying, I don't I don't think it's it's right for us to sit here and say, well, one of these sides has to do something for us. Like we got to take care of us. One of the realest things I ever heard from a top politician and it, and it, and it almost sounds Republican and it comes from a Democrat. John F. Kennedy he says it himself. Ask not what you, the country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your own country. Because it was a reflection of what was going on. People were actually going out and trying to make things work for their community, for their, you know, the middle class or for African Americans. Think about it. You had unions. You had people fighting for civil rights, voting rights. And now we piss on that. We sneeze on that. Oh, the Democrats were this. Well, you know... In all reality, they drafted both the laws, the Devoting Rights Act and the, Vo- and, and the Civil Rights Act. They wrote them. They voted on them. They helped pass them. The ones in the North helped pass them. All of them unanimously voted yes on those laws. The ones in the South became Republican. What do y'all want to say? I mean, come on. I'm past this over now. Like, I'm done, Republican, Democrat. Man, none of them really trying to help nobody, really. You see that you see with the Republican, oh, the, the economy is this, the econ- but nobody's getting paid nothing. I just talked to you about 595 American farms closing down due to bankruptcy. Really, what's going on here? Economy for who? I keep trying to tell y'all, it don't mean nothing for the average man or woman. There's pay wage gaps. That's the whole point. That's that's I've been telling you. How how are we how are we how are we equal? How are we doing well as an economy when there's pay wage gaps between between sexes between sexes? We're not even talking about races and all that. Now don't buy now, now now for people that are educated. Oh I I don't get me wrong. Y'all can get paid more, man, woman, black, white. Hey, more education you got by all means get paid. 
But if we're talking, if we're talking just the regular average minimum wage jobs, if we're talking the, the median income people, there's a pay wage gap between the sexes, but we're all we're supposed to be believing that we're okay. This is the problem that both the sides miss. Stop trying to connect so much with people with the banter. We're trying to be our partner. See, that's what Trump. See, everybody saying, well, Trump, even I, I saw Mr. Ed O'Bannon, whatever his name is, Bannon. They say about Trump and all that. The white nationalist Breitbart guy, you know, he's over here like, you know, you know, Trump connected with those those uh, rural people in the in the backwoods. And yeah, he just talked to them and told them stuff. He hasn't done anything related to really helping them. Think about it. Manufacturing jobs are up and down. They they're adding jobs with the jobs. Think about it. The median income is still relatively low in many states. There's states that pay a seven dollar minimum wage. So to say you added two hundred twenty five dollars, two hundred twenty five jobs when the jobs are paying nothing. Well, who cares? We only got a 2% tax cut one time. That was a one-time thing. The 20% uh, corporate taxes for a lifetime. Stop it. These, these, that's, what the, that's what Trump did, though. You can sit there and tell me, oh, Obama, he didn't do nothing for black. What did black people do? We need to do more for us, sir. Forget what the federal government is doing. Especially if we're not going to be a part of the federal We don't want to be a part of it. We should want to be a part of it then. We should want to be a part of our state government. No, that's too much. But we want to rely on what they going to do. Mm, I wouldn't do that. I'm done with holding I'm done with holding the Democratic Party responsible for what happens to black people when black people don't want to really when I say be in it, when I say, you know, don't just vote for it, maybe you got to be the one. For example, I'm just saying, this is just one example. A brother that I watch frequently on TV and all that, Marcellus Wiley. If I'm not mistaken, he has a political science science degree, uh, Columbia University, so on and so forth. He hosts Speak for Yourself with another uh, well-established black journalist, uh, Jason Woodlock. Now, Jason Woodlock hosting a show, Jason Woodlock doing his thing there. That's, that's by all means, that's perfect for him. He's a journalist major from Ball State. Marcellus Wiley, political science. When you done with, you know, hosting TV, bro, why not be a senator? Why not be a representative? That's the thinking. I'm just saying. I may, Maybe that's too far. I hope it's not too far. I hope I'm not out of line. But for us to say that this country needs to do this for us or that one side is not doing enough, well, maybe maybe we need to be influencing one of the sides in one way or another maybe by being a part of it maybe by being a senator representative for your you know or voting for those people and keeping those people in line by saying this is what we this is our expectation we need to have a, we need to have a set expectation for our community is that out of line to say that correct please somebody tell me if i'm out of line black white whomever i don't care Tell me if I'm out of line for saying that we need to have some type of structure in this community. Tell me if I'm out of line for saying that, uh, well, maybe we should be more judges and, and more, you know, civil rights attorneys and attorneys in general. And we need more doctors. Maybe we need more uh, heads of schools. 
I mean, I, we jumped at the chance to to uh, receive federal funding for Trump, and we helped that become a big three for him for Black people. But at the same time, we were pretty much fund so we were funding them ourselves for 200 years being self-reliant and self-sufficient what we claimed we wanted to be after doing that we just accepted the hand i mean come on now just like what we said the democrat black people wanted to do see there's too many we got too many dysfunctions in our own on our own situation i think we need to check that first i know people gonna be mad at that ah well hey i i i <laughs> Because again, because and I, you know, I know I, I, I've come back to this and I draw it all out, but it's important that people talk about these things. We don't talk about it. We talk about Shakira and J Lo shaking ass and and uh, you know Gail King and what she said. Look, listen, to my feelings about Gail King. That was the wrong time for her to bring that up. Is she against the black man? Is she calling black men out? For certain things in that situation, she was definitely wrong for that. The man just passed away. With that being said, he did something with that white girl. It wasn't rape, but it was definitely consensual. But again, you shouldn't be doing that if you're supposed to be married. You got babies. So he was kind of wrong for that. So let's be real here. R.I.P. But, you know, if you didn't do if you, you know, you just like Bill Cosby, you got a wife at home. You're supposed to be Mr. Huxtable. Take your ass home, Mr. Huxtable. Huxtable. Don't be in the hotel room doing nothing. If you want to get kinky, do all that shit with your wife. Now, that's how I feel. You know, should have been having Vanessa in the hotel room. But we'll talk about that later. In a few more months when this died down. As for Gail King, again, that was a distraction. Is she about dissing black men? Well, maybe. But as far as I see it, nobody really care it seemed to me that don't nobody really care about calling certain things out that we do thank god i had a mother that did that to me thank god i had a mother that would bust in my room and say your room looks filthy you need to clean this shit up this is not how a young man is supposed to be living i thank god i had that every now and then because even now when i as a as a, as a almost 30 year old man i can go back and look okay i can't have this looking like this let me clean up let me do something with myself this is another reason why I started this. She put me in a in a radio program in high school long ago. I was already trying to broadcast, but I didn't follow through with it as a younger kid. Here I am having a podcast. That's not done by just, that's not, oh my God. That's not by done by design. Somebody realized your value and your potential and said, you got to do better than that. So here I am going back to it. Come on now. You need, we need to be more critical of our situation than, and stop relying on other people just to give you something. They always keep, they keep telling you. The gangsters in all the movies, they always keep telling you. You ever seen The Depart? He told you. Stop, you always complain. And again, our, our sudden situation is different. I'm just saying. But now, more than ever, I'm done relying on either one. I'm not looking for them to, to just hand something away and just hand. No, I want the legislations to start being, to start changing. If the police are shooting you, Colin Kaepernick handing out suits and passing out food is, is a good PR for him. And it's a good mo moment for us. And it's a heartfelt moment for us because we feel we having a connection with him for fine, whatever. But it don't change the fact that you still getting shot at. Him even playing in the league and being able to take his knee before, after the game, whatever. That wouldn't stop that. A law that 
that somehow bans police brutality and, and, and puts penalties for not only harming unarmed black people, but unarmed people in general, period. That's the accomplishment. See, he couldn't even, he couldn't even put the ideas together to do that. I don't trust him. I don't trust Jay-Z neither. Super Bowl performances and not sitting at the Super Bowl anthem or during the, the national anthem doesn't change the situation. It's for media. It's a damn shame because there's a song called that y'all know about it because y'all always post it on your Facebook whenever you speak of situations like this. Revolution will not be televised. That's exactly what he was talking about. People making profit off the situation. Colin Kaepernick made a multi-million dollar Nike. He signed a multi-million dollar Nike contract. To promote what? To promote the end of police brutality when it needs to be stopped le- le- in legislature? In the legislature? Stop it. He signed a confidentiality agreement to shut up about what happened to him. So you don't even get to expose whatever whatever um, collusion y'all claim he's talking about. He can't even talk on that because I don't know if there wasn't. We for sure don't can't never find out. You can sit there and say, well, they settled. No, they settled because that's the that's their price. They can give them any price they want to. They the ones in control now. And he just wanted the money, so he said, oh, I'll take it and I'll shut up. Now I don't get to prove no collusion. So we don't even know if there was collusion. So I keep trying to tell that ain't gonna help you. That ain't gonna help. No, legislation gonna help you. Ain't no police just gonna stop shooting just because you we took a knee before a football game. That's not how that shit worked. We was begging, we made him set. No, 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 no. We beyond we can get educated now. We can go after those same positions now. We can prosecute police if we want to now. If we have a problem. You can do that if we if we really chose to do it, but we rather we rather allow them to rather it be there in their hands and then be mad when we get this. I'm done with that, yo. Uh uh-uh. uh. I'd rather I'd rather work for a solution for myself and my and my family and my whatever community that I can, you know, my closest community and go from there, my local community and go from there. That's the rest of you. I don't know about that. I, y'all can sit there and be mad at Republicans and be mad at at whoever. Well, maybe you need to be in the Green Party now, Peace and Freedom Party. They're located in downtown Oakland. There. Maybe you need to call out the libertarians. I don't know. But to sit here at this point and recognize that we are in position to better ourselves and could have been doing so for our, for us for many years, and yet we still try to find a way to make them more involved and to make and to rely on that on that. I mm-mm. Both sides, don't matter if they're Republican or Democrat, want some help from the government. I don't care what none of y'all say. I don't care what none of y'all say. Uh, black, white, they all get food stamps. Don't don't believe the hype. All oh, black people or, or liberal welfare babies. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I lived in counties that voted all red in Oregon, and them and them G8 offices was nothing but white folk. Stop it. And they, they was they was long lines, all that, and it was druggies and all that. 
Stop it. Same damn thing, just a different setting. I don't believe it. I don't believe neither party at this point. <laughs> I am done with the two-party politics now. <laughs> um, especially with the people we got right now. I'm not feeling it from the president down to the senators. I <laughs> it's too petty. It's, be it's become way too petty. But, um... All right, y'all. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to go in deep with you guys and elaborate a little bit more. Uh, my next edition will be a another Will Ferrell review. I will be going over some SNL sketches from him, some of my favorite SNL sketches from him. Of course, this is all part of Will Ferrell week, so look out for that a little bit later on tonight. Uh, I plan on Sunday also giving you another flick by him. Uh, maybe, actually, maybe not tomorrow night because I got to give you guys some college basketball and some, and some NBA news. Um, but yes, definitely Monday night um, on Monday. We'll have some more welfare for you guys, but definitely tonight. Um, and um, yeah, for now, that's about it. Uh, if you're looking to get in touch with me, you can hit me up on my email at ljbutler75 at gmail.com. That is E-L-J-Butler, B-U-T-L-E-R, of course, 75 at gmail.com. Once again, that is ljbutler75 at gmail.com, E-L-J-Butler75 at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on Instagram at ljma. Uh, I yeah, it's simpler now. E-L-J-A-M-A-H. Uh, simple as that. E-L-J-A-M-A-H. L-Jamal. And then also for my Facebook, that is still the same. L-Jamal Johnny. Just remember L-Jamal. Uh, add the Johnny. A-D-J-A-N-A-H. I'm on Facebook with the show as well. I have a link for that. Never out of bounds. So you can look me up there. I have links, of course, to the PayPal Cash App if you are looking to make donations. But please, uh... Look at my content, man. I'm sharing some content from some other folks and some, uh, some, of course, some links to my show. Uh, so, you know, give me some love. Give me some suggestions if you have any of those. And, um, yeah, I'm here and I'm going to be here for forever. No, I'm joking. I'm, I'm mortal just like you guys. Okay. Don't worry about it. Uh, we're going, we all in this together and hopefully we pull this out. I think as a people, I, there's so many, there's so many just directions that which they want to pull you. They're going to want to pull you separate. They're going to want to make you think about your specific community. But again, the laws affect everybody. Um, that's just the way it is. The, the, the healthcare situation is universal. The education access to education is universal. Uh, and it's all based on, um, you know, wage and what you're making and what you are able to take home. The rich, whether they're gay, black, white, whatever, Republican, Democrat, they're able to send their school wherever they would want. They're able to able to send their kids to school wherever they want to go to. They're able to go to school whenever they want to or get whatever they need and take it whoever they want. It's, uh, you know, so don't worry. It, it's it's you know, it's, it affects a lot of different people. So it's it's not a, it's not just a community thing. It's not just being separate about, oh, I'm I'm this or I'm black or I'm white. It's about, oh, OK, well, we're all being affected in some way or another. And like I said before, the whole racism thing is a tool to keep the rest of us divided. It's a tool. That's all it is. Watch out for the tools because you have tools that are plants that are used to to spread, you know, dysfunction amongst their own community and this the uh amongst the the world at large the, the communities at large watch out for that they're tools out here you know and all that being woke that's a misnomer don't believe in that you're awake already 
You just have to be able to take action. It's not about being woke. We know what's going on. We know exactly what's going on. Now, the problem is, what you going to do? That's the question next. Not about being woke. It's about what you're going to do when you're woke. You're awake right now. What you going to do? And yeah, like, you know, the Butali brothers said, you do have dreams. They're, you're sleeping. You're having them. They're definitely yours. So, you know, but all dreams can be made tangible. I'll tell you that right now. All right, y'all. Again, I'm stepping off for today, well, at least for right now. I will be back a little bit later on tonight, so look out for me there. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love, and I'll holla at y'all later.